rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. They told me before I got in this thing, if you do, you're going to be bored to death. You'll lose all your friends, and you're not going to have a good time from the day you pray, a sinner's prayer, until it's all over. I'll tell you something. It wasn't a bigger lie ever told me from my infancy to then than that one. I've been having the best time being saved. I've been having a good time. Don't feel sorry for me because I'm in ministry. I'm having the biggest time of my life. I, I, if, if God calls you and puts you in it, and I'm grateful for that, but I want, I want to let you know if he'll give me any choice in the night, I'm going to choose to stay in it. I like what I'm doing. I praise the Lord for it. I'm glad and thankful to be in the house of God tonight. I used to ride by church and have nothing good to say about it. Thought every preacher was a crook, every deacon was a charlatan, and all of them ought to get an honest job. Still feel that way about half of them. But I had nothing good to say about it. But then all of a sudden I found out I was on the outside looking in and was as ignorant as you could be. And then when I got on the inside the right way and found out that Jesus is the reason we're here, then all of a sudden it all took on a new meaning and a new life to me. And I'm sure glad to be here for the third time in uh, the camp meeting. Now, let me say something to you. I don't like cramp meetings. I don't want to have no cramp meetings. If you cramped up, get uncramped. Because I'm going to have a good time, and if you cramped up, you're going to think I'm crazy before it's over. And I'm not. I'm not crazy. I, I, I'm not. I'm in, I'm in love with him. I'm overjoyed that I'm not going to hell. And I'm happy about it. That bothers you? I hope we can get over it. But I won't, I won't get over being happy. I'm thankful and grateful tonight for what we've already heard. Brother Rusty's done an excellent job preaching the gospel. He always has. He always does. And I think he always will. And you come back now if you can and get in on these messages he's told you about. There'll be a blessing and a help to your heart and to your Christian life. Get in on it. I appreciated what he said about the Lord before he ever was seen. He was. And I'm glad and grateful for that. I'm looking forward to what I'll get to hear and be a part of while I'm here. And I appreciate Brother Holmes and glad and grateful for this work and thankful for the invitation to be here uh, in the service. And uh, I'm grateful for the Lord's grace in my life. I'm glad for these choir. It's been a long time since I've seen a robe on a choir member. We don't have them down at the house because we're too cheap. Just too cheap. That's all I can tell you. Just, just too cheap to do it. But uh, I'm glad y'all are here. You add a little class to this crowd. I was watching y'all sing. And uh, not only do you sing well, but don't, you don't look good. I appreciate that. And Reminded me of a story uh, talking about talking about uh, dignity. Y'all have added some dignity and some class to this crowd. You trust me. Uh, I remember that black preacher uh, that went. He was a southern man that preached the gospel with power, love God. Went off to one of the Yankee conventions, uh, one of the northern meetings, and and found out they do things a little bit different. Boy, they went to this big black church, and they had all these folks around, these dignitaries, robed out, and, and all along the side of the wall, they had 
they had these vessels with, with incense in them, and they would burn. And uh, this guy was enthralled. They would turn the lights down low at a certain time, and the flickering flames would gleam off the walls. And boy, that just enthralled him. He said, I'm going home and get me some of them. He said, we don't have no class. We haven't got no dignity. He said, I'm going home getting some of them. Well, he went back home, and uh, he, he had to go have his ushers introduce them down the aisle in a big way. In a big way. They was going to bring them down the aisle. Well, he, had, he came out in the pulpit. He had locked these things. He had ordered up uh, these incense pots, these incense containers and vessels. He locked them up in his office, and the ushers are pacing back and forth in the hallway. Well, their cue was, and now it's time mm-hmm, for those incense pots. Yeah. You ain't been to a black meat lady. You need to go to one now. You need to get on one before you die. And, 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 and that was their cue. Well, they're running back and forth. They said, what we're going to do, man, we can't get to them. So, so, so he, 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 he said, at one point, he said, and now, that's all that black man can now, it's time for the incense pot. Bring them on, boy. Well, they didn't come. They ain't got no pot. What you gonna do when you ain't got no pot? Well, one of them said, I remember when we was working that time, then that, you took them, so there's a couple of paint cans. So they went out there and got them two paint cans, poured kerosene in them, and lit them. <laughs> they was from Alabama. They had to be. And would have made good candidates for an office in Alabama. <laughs> in just a few minutes, he said, I can't. No! This time, for the incense Come to two ushers down the aisle with their hands empty, just hands out set, walking down the aisle. He said, Oh, fire! Oh, fire! On my incense part. One of them said, I pulled it out the one the one the bottom got Y'all have added some dignity, but we're going to throw it out the window now. <laughs> I hope y'all got clothes on on them, old. <laughs> we don't want no crap meat. But we came for camp meat. And I'm sure glad you're here. Thank you, folks, for coming and being with us. And God bless you for helping us out. My, 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 this preacher, I know the pastor enjoys it. I'm going to read a verse. I'm not going to ask you to turn. You can if you want to, but I just don't think most of you can find the Song of Solomon. I, I, I wish you could. And if you can, honey, go hunting. But don't be turning for 10 minutes and, hear, and we hear pages. Everybody, y'all ain't even got nobody. It don't matter. It don't matter. Turn to, to one of the hymns. It'll be somewhere. That's fine. Turn anywhere you want to. But I'm going to read a verse, Solomon, in the Song of Solomon, chapter 2, and verse 1, speaking of his, of his Lord, 
identifying the Savior, the God of this book. He, in relation to him, is reading about him. I am, Solomon did not say he was, but he is in relation to God. He said, I am the rose of Sheba. Psalm of Solomon 2.1. I am the rose of Sharon and the lily, singular, of the valley. Cool. Now, singular because of not the one who's qualified for the valleys, and the valleys are plural because they're going to be more than one. And tonight, if you'll let me, I want to talk to you for just a little while on the subject of uh, the lily of my valleys. The lily of my valleys. Verse 2 it says, As the lily among the thorns, so is my love among the daughters. I was reading not long ago behind a guy who stirred my interest and stirred my thinking on this subject. This is where I got this message from just digging around in some facts and in some uh, innuendos about the lilies in the Bible. I heard a story, or read one rather, in Greek mythology about a young man by the name of Asynthius. Now this is Greek mythology, but it certainly fits right here. Uh, Asynthius was a young man who uh, had a friend by the name of Apollo. Apollo had a woman, Zephyrus, who was the glamour of his heart. And these two men had words, undoubtedly, from time to time about her. And Apollo was an expert discus thrower, says the mythologist. And he threw this disc one day in the presence of Hysentius and hit the young man, goes the story, in the head and he fell dead in the spot where he was hit. And blood came from his head and soaked into the ground. And they said in the mythology of the Greeks that out of that place where the blood of Hysentius fell was where the first lily grew on earth. The scripture teaches us and tells us that Jesus is the lily of our valleys. Now, I don't know much about Greek mythology and don't want, don't want to learn much more than what I know. But I do know one thing. I, knew, I do know there is a place where blood fell from the Son of God, not spilled, but given freely. Not spilled by accident, but shed for us. And I want to tell you where that blood was shed for us, I'm glad that the lily of life grew for my good. And I'm glad of that this evening. There are lilies that grow in the Middle East. I dug up some history about them. I want to give you just a brief, quick, simple summary of what we've studied, and then uh, we'll be going. First of all, I want you to notice about the lilies uh, of uh, the lily of our valleys. Uh, number one, the oneness or the onlyness of the lily. I'm talking about God here. I'm talking about Jesus. The the oneness or the onlyness of the lily. Now get this. 
There are 51 different species of lilies that grow in, around, have, and do grow in and around the Holy Land. 51 species of them. Now get it. There's only one that grows and grows well and lives in the valleys. And it is called the hyacinth lily. And it's called that from Hysidius, who was this young man. It was named after him out of Greek mythology. And it grows in the valley. Out of 51 species of lily, only one grows in the valley and grows well. Ladies and gentlemen, let me say something to you tonight. There's not five different ways to become a Christian. There's not ten different saviors in the world today. Though religion would portray to you that, you know, this one is the savior of this group and this one is the savior of that group. I want to tell you, I come tonight with no axe to grind with nobody and no time to argue, but I come to make an emphatic statement this evening and to tell you this, there is only one way that a man will ever get into the presence of God and get into the presence of God right, and that is through the shed blood of Calvary. I want you to see the onlyness of the lily. There's just one that grows in the valleys. I want to tell you tonight, there's going to be some valleys if you're saved. You're going to go through some deep, dark times. I've been pastoring for over 19 years in the same spot, on the same piece of ground for 18 years of it. I have found problem after problem after problem. My ministry has uncovered this difficulty and that difficulty and just about every kind of difficulty that can be uncovered in a pastor. And I want to tell you something tonight. He is the only hope that I've ever been able to give somebody, and it really works. I'm telling you, there's no substitutes. I'm telling you, there are no imposters that are ever going to gain the preeminence as Jesus has. I want to tell you, he, he said it well, did he not? In John chapter 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. I want you to see the onlyness of uh, the living. He's the only one that grows in the valley of disturbance and the valley of depression and the valley of defeat and the valley of dis uh, uh, discouragement. I want to tell you this evening, he is worthy for you to take home. He is worthy for you to receive. He's worthy for you to shout about. He's worthy for you to praise. He's worthy for you to sing about. He's worthy for you to bow down and pray to. He's worthy for you to put your robe on and say he is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He's worthy. I'm glad tonight I didn't come to Alabama to tell you a myth. I didn't come to tell you a fairy tale or to quote you some story that might be true. I come to tell you I tried most everything that you could put in the vacuum of your heart to try to satisfy it. But it was not until Jesus passed by where I was living that God Almighty made a difference in my heart. And I want to encourage you this evening to see the holiness of the living. He's the only one that grows in the valley of discouragement. He's the only one that can help you. He, not your education, not your degree, not your professionalism, not your abilities or inabilities. I want to tell you, it's Jesus. It is Jesus. I heard a story the other day talking about education and talking about prominence 
and talking about intellectualism and humanism. One guy who was uh, uh, in college and he was taking a course in, uh, in zoology and he had to pass if he was going to get out. He was hanging somewhere between a C minus and a D. And the story goes that he studies all day and all night and goes to class the next day and hopes that he can de define a mockingbird from a sparrow by two names that long, you know. They don't just call them mockingbirds. They gotta come up with a $250 name and you gotta, you gotta describe it out of a book. Well, he goes into the class and looks over in the corner and there's nine, uh, hooded, uh, birds perched up on a perch. They got hoods over. Nothing showing but their legs. And the professor said to him, he said, son, the test consists today of you telling me who those nine birds are by their legs. He said, you're stupid. <laughs> I think that's a good response to such a test as that. He said, just, and he took his books and threw them on the floor. He said, these books are stupid. He said, the whole university system is stupid. He said, I believe in the stupid mess and started out. Well, that professor in his humanism and intellectualism, he hollered to him. He said, hey, boy, what's your name? He said, guess. <laughs> What education today will get you. Two fools in a room trying to define life by legs. <laughs> I want to tell you something. Jesus is easily identified. He's the one scarred for your sin, marred for your mess, and is able to bring you up out of the mire and put you in the choir. Bless his name. See the holiness of this living. There's not but one that grows in the back. Oh, I'm going to tell you. Old Buddha looks good in town square in, autumn, in, in, in a situation uh, in the Orient. I'm going to tell you, Mohammed looks good among these people in the fanfare of life. And Mohammed sounds good in his teaching. But I want to tell you something. They don't grow well in the badness of life. They don't do well in the darkness. They don't do well in the deep places. I want to tell you there's one whose name is Jesus. And blessed be God, I'm glad tonight that I can tell you without a doubt, he's got enough to help you up out of your dilemma and bring you out of the bottom of your life. But he's the only one that can. You say, I'm waiting on rehab for my crack problem. I want to tell you something. Your dope uh, will, will continue to give you no hope. Until you come to Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, that taketh away the sins of the world. I want to tell you, He's the reason. He's the help. He's the goal. We know that with our lips, and we know that from the neck up. But I want to tell you, until you find that in your heart, you are still void and aimless without us. That's half the set. Many would miss heaven the span of 18 inches. That's how far it is from your mind to your heart. He said, many a man have missed heaven the span of 18 inches. Everybody in this room thinks about Jesus okay. But have we received him and is he living daily in our valley? I want to tell you, he could help. My wife is here tonight. We've been through some battles. We had 
two little girls die years ago. I want to tell you something in the room when I had to watch the doctor tell my wife that the children were in both cases were dead. I'm glad when we stood by that bed and, and, and Diane was there and having more difficulty than she wishes to even talk about or remember. I want to tell you that there was in that valley a lily who bloomed and a lily who blessed. And nobody, nobody could help her or give her the strength that Jesus did. And what about your life? Has there been times in your life and places in your life that have caused you problems and difficulties and given you problems and you look for a solution and you look for hope and you look for help but nothing came? I want to tell you something. If you'll take Jesus Christ tonight into the highways and hedges, get him out of the church and get him in your living room. He'll make a difference in you. The homeliness. Number two, I want you to see with me, if you will, please, the omnipotence of the living. The omnipotence of the lily. That is the power of the lily in the valley. The scripture teaches us and scientists tell us and horticulture tells us and Britannic Encyclopedia says this about this particular lily. It grows best in the thorny and the rocky and the rough places. I want to tell you, he's powerful enough for the bottomlands. He's powerful enough for the difficult places to bring you out and to give you a shout. See the loneliness. See, if you will, please, the omnipotence of this lily. He is all powerful. I'm glad as Brother Russian rem uh, reminded us that when the three Hebrew children were thrown into a Babylonian furnace, he did seven times harder than usual. It didn't matter if you'd have done it 17 times hotter. The degrees of the heat was not the thing that was permeating the story and the situation. I want to tell you, when these three Hebrew children were cast into the fire, and they looked in and said, did we not cast in three? And yet I see four that's walking around in the fire. I want to tell you, when the heat got turned up in the rough places, thank God a lily bloomed in the fire. And I want to tell you this evening that at the burning bush when Moses stood, needing direction and needing help, and looked at that bush and it was not consumed, trying to find the will of God for his life, I'm glad out of that bush a voice spoke, and blessed be God, a lily bloom for the direction of Moses. I'm glad when David stood in a valley with a nine-foot, three-inch heathen, cursing the God of Israel, and staring at that blaspheming God, I'm glad to know, bless the name of the Lord. I'm glad when that giant said, am I a dog, that you would send a ruddy little uh, youth group leader out here to fight me? Am I a dog, that that's the case? And old David said, you come at me with staves and shield and sword. He said, but I want to tell you, I come to you in the name of the Lord. And in the valley, mister, when things were bigger than David was, a lily bloomed right in the middle of all of it. And that gives me hope to know that a lily, the Lord Jesus, will bloom when the giants come at Thank God I'm glad to know tonight in Paul's life when the storms of darkness and despair brought no hope and difficulty and all hope was gone. A lily bloomed in the apostle's life and gave him courage. Peter is sinking. I mean, he's having a sinking spell. And Simon's about washed up. I've 
working there. I've been on my way down wondering, dear God, will three words save me? We save him. Lord, save me. He didn't have to call Tammy Faye, Jimmy Swagger, or all of us who, who, who was excellent seeing nine foot tall Jesuses on the side of He didn't have to call nobody. Are you listening? He cried out, and blessed be God, a lily bloomed on the waves and saved him in life. What I'm trying to tell you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is that the Lord Jesus will bloom in your life. And he'll help you and he'll encourage you along the way. See the holiness of the lily. He's the only way. I want you to see the omnipotence of the lily. He blooms in the rough and the thorny places. And then, if you will, please, I want you to see the openness of the lily. The openness of the lily. Get this. The encyclopedia says... That these lilies, most of these 51 species, but especially this one, this hyacinth that grows in the Holy Land, there in the place and time and birthplace and homeland of the Lord Jesus, they bloom in these places and they give off a wonderful smell when they bloom and open up. And that smell brings a sweetness to the area wherever they are. And the encyclopedia also says that the sweeter the smell gets usually is determined by how much the wind blows them around. And as they blow in the wind and the wind blows through, uh, the, the uh, lips of that uh, lily petal around that flower, it blows the smell out. And you can smell it a long ways off from where it's blooming as the wind blows it. Praise God, tonight I'd like to tell you in the deep, dark times of life, that's when, as Brother Rushy said, that's when the Christians ought to smell their best. That's when we ought to give off our aroma of holiness. We don't need to be crippled up and broke down and about washed up when things are going wrong. Uh, bless God, when the winds are blowing, that's when we ought to decide we're going to bloom where we're planted and smell like the lily wants us to smell and rejoice in the Lord and give Him praise and glory. Are you listening? I'm talking about the openness of that lily. That lily does not close itself up when trouble comes, but it's open in the valley, and you can smell it. A couple of our folks just walked in. Uh, on the, on, on, uh, they're waiting somewhere in Alabama. Uh, they were involved in a situation when I seen them. I thought about this. I had a church member not long ago that I had the privilege one late night coming home church stopped at a huddle house where all of the pillars of society hang out after midnight. Now, there's two places that you can go and you can see anything. One is the Hartford Atlanta Airport. Where I have never in my life seen things grow on concrete like wood down there. I know that thing wearing high heel shoes that they built for. Yeah. 
don't know this. I'm not like Brother Jim now. I think that he has the right to assume. I think actually, if you don't agree with it, you can go home and get you some guys ice cream for you. <laughs> that's fine with me. Because that's what I'm going to do if you try to argue with me. <laughs> can you imagine them beating him without that perfume getting loose in the beat? Now, they beat him in his back, they beat him in his, in his midsection, they beat him on his legs, they beat Can you imagine that guy that's using that whip? Every time he hits his body, stirs up that smooth What is that? Man, I've whipped a bunch of them, but I ain't never whipped one smile like this. And every time he hit him, oh, my butt hurts in the room. Oh, he's breathing the death, right? But I want to tell you, God's son had an aroma about him yeah. that he brought a sweet smell even in his back. Yeah. So let us know that if you know him and own him as your Savior, even in the feelings of life, you can still smell right. Yeah. right. Amen. You're right, if you will. <laughs> Jesus is coming back from a two or three day uh, overlay. Mary Mom said, He ain't going to be here. Boy, I've got some sisters just like this. I don't know if we've been all right, but the break was out of the Now, come on, I ain't got nothing to give. But the Lord Jesus says, we'll go to him, he'll help us when the rail ain't around. Don't tell me about that when you go to church, get the sniffles and get the droops and wonder why the rail can't come around and sprinkle some kind of healing dust on them. <laughs> God, I thought that's what the head doctor's fault. I'll tell you what, if I'm going to do the healing, I'd like to send the bill. <laughs> I ain't getting a blessed thing out of it. No, that's right. Amen. Amen. If you sit there, he said, calm down, girl. I'm here now. You have what? Goats, but Mary. Not sheep. We're not button here. I'm here. Everything's all right. Where's your leg? Well, it don't matter because if you're taking that leg, it don't stink. I always got a problem, ain't it? Ooh, 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 You know that. Well, he said, loose him and let him go. He 
let loose when he come out. And he didn't smell either. Why? Because the lily was blooming at the place. And your life might be four days old and stink. But I want to tell you that the God in this building tonight makes you smell better than you better. Feel ready. Thank God. I'm telling you, he is the open living. And he'll open his stuff to your life. I was 21, wore out with life, fed up with it, been having a run on back to the Navy, couldn't find one reason for the door. Had no reason to keep living. Had no right to. 21, not 51, 21. And beat with life. One day, bound in my sins, laid on death's slab, I heard the voice of Jesus say, Praise God, I hopped up with supernatural hearts and moved toward him. And I'm going to tell you something. It ain't never been seen. You kids who think all this is a joke, the joke is that you think that. And you folks that want to appropriate this one who adds sweetness to life, you miss it. Yeah. He can take you through. He can bear your burden. He can hold on to you when everybody else turns you loose. He's the, the openness of the living. Look with me lastly, if you will, please, and we'll be gone just a moment. The fourth thing about him I want you to see is the ointment of the living. Now, the first thing I said, there wasn't but one kind that lives in the valley. There's not but one kind of God that you need in the valley. And that's the only God that the Bible portrays. The second thing I said is uh, that he grows in the rough places, in the thorny places. He is an omnipotent living. He's, all, he's powerful in the problematic times of life. And then, thirdly, I said, the openness of the lily. That is, he brings a sweet smell to the grave and to the valley of your life. And, and fourthly, tonight, I want you to see that the first, one of the first medicines, Botanica said this, one of the first medicines ever discovered by man was the They would beat the little, crush the little, and 
exchange me for his glory. Yeah. I love him for that tonight, and I thank God she pays the debt for my heart to be saved. Yeah. And I'm rejoicing this thing. I, I, I heard a story the other day and checked it out and got it in my file at home. In, in Germany, there was uh, talking about him giving himself up for us and him being the, the prescription for heart trouble. A guy, there's two or three guys roofing one of these old Gothic churches in Germany. And the, this, the, these old uh, churches are real steep. And one of the men lost his footing and started sliding down the shingles and uh, down on the top of the, the church building and went off the edge. And when he went off, Turned around, he was just right up in there, and he flew on the gutter of the building. And all of a sudden, he started getting weak, and he lost hope with one arm, and he was holding by one. The other folks couldn't get to him, so they went off there. Then all of a sudden, he had to turn loose that, but he lost his truth. The capture of this newspaper article, we got.
for a simple thought. Thank you for the liberty to preach. Thank you for these people who have come to visit with us and help us in the meeting. But all of us need help. Some of us are here to sing tonight, and probably we needed to hear it. I come tonight to preach because I needed to hear it. I've got more than anybody here to sing. And I pray in Jesus' name you'll be the lily of my back. God, we're all going to go through them. We're going to go through them deep. We're going to go through them dark. We're going to go through them different. But we're going to go through them. And I pray tonight in Jesus' name that I could say with Christ, He's the lily of the valleys. And somebody here tonight, Lord, may be away from you. Somebody here tonight may be backslidden from you. Somebody here tonight might be cold indifferent and callous to the will of God. I pray in Jesus' name something that Brother Rushing said, something these dear folks sang, something the pitiful lips of this preacher might have said, might have brought something that would have stirred their heart to see. Thank you for all you've done for us. I want to level with you tonight, Lord, I love you. You're just being really in my valley. My wife, my wife and I have one. We've walked through some places I thought was going to go. But boy, it's always been a blessing to know you've been there for us. And I don't take that for granted. I love you this evening and thank you for your power. And I ask you to plug me into it along with these to see. Father, we play the instruments and our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I wonder how many folks this evening. God's people. God's children, most everybody in this room, if I ask you, you tell me you're saved. Whether it's true or not, let's put you in if that's what you tell me. Let me ask you a question. Is he the lily blooming in your life? If he is, others can see it. Satan fears it. Jesus is glorified by it. And you shall it. One of you'd slip out to see him while they play. And you'd come tonight for no other reason but thank him that he's the lily. It blooms in your valley. Preacher, you'll go through difficulties and hardships and low places in your ministry. Don't get out. Don't you throw in the towel. Deacon, don't you quit. Mom, Dad, don't you leave church. Boys and girls, come tonight and say, I want the lily of my valley to explode in my life. And I want to live from I hadn't been doing it. I've been as carnal as the devil. But I'm coming tonight, right now, to ask Jesus to be all I need and all I'll ever want in this whole troublesome life. Would you come right now? Come on right now. Just get up. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. Just get up right now. You'll be the first one to slip out. And come on right now. In the invitation, about the grace of God, you find your place and say, Jesus, thank you. I think of Jean here, Bible cancer. She can testify tonight, Jesus is the lily of her back. Billy Ray's had some problems physically and some difficulties in sharing with me weeks ago. I'd like tonight to say hallelujah for the lilies and walks in the dark places, the down times with them. Every one of you can stand up tonight and testify about the problems of life. But I brought to you tonight the lily of the valley. Maybe you're a young girl and your home's about destroyed. 
would come tonight and pray, Oh God, be the lily that bloom at my house. Maybe you're in a relationship that is just literally torn you apart. I wonder if you'd get up out of your seat. Two choir members are welcome to find you a place and in with us. Find you a place tonight and say, Jesus, please, I need help. I need help. I'm like Mary and Martha was. Something's died that I loved. And it don't look like it said, but don't live again. I want to tell you, the lily's walking into town. It'll bloom like where you are. Maybe you're here tonight as a preacher and your church is just about tricked you to death. You don't know what to do next. I wonder if you'd let the lily once again bloom and smell your life for his glory. Come on, right now, would you come? Maybe you're here tonight and lost. That's it, sir. You come on. Others need to come, and we're going to just wait on God. That's it, ma'am, all the way from the back. It's not that far. It's a whole lot closer to Jesus than it is to walk by yourself. Come on. Come on. That's it, sir. God bless you, ma'am. You Come on. Come on, girls. Get in this thing first night. I tell you, I'd enjoy the whole week find the lily on the first meet. Come on, that's it. Come on right now. Some of you brethren, pray for each other. Yes, ma'am. Jesus waits for you here, sir. Jesus is waiting on you to come. That's it. You come on right now. Nobody's going to have to take your name. Nobody's going to have to get in your business. Nobody's going to embarrass you. You come tonight and kneel down and say, Lily of my soul, Lily of my soul. Come on, that's it. Come on, come on. Others are still coming. I want you to keep right on moving. I wonder if the deacons of this church would come and the Sunday school teachers and the workers of this ministry and those that are leaders in this world would come and say, I want this place to be a hop house where Jesus can bloom and where sinners can find Christ the Savior. I wonder if you'd get up out of your seat tonight and say, oh God, do something for Trinity this week that needs to be done desperately. Come on right now. Come on right now. That's it, sir. That's it, ma'am. Yes, glory. We're allowed to have a meeting before it's over. Come on right now. Come on right now. I need that little picture to break forth in my life. I'm bruised and battered. My old ship's off course. I want to tell you there's nobody like Christ to bring you back together. My marriage is just about shock, preacher. Please, what can I do? Tell me. You can come to the lily. He'll take a fragrance back to your house. I had a woman come up to me yesterday morning like to pull my shoulder out of joint. Literally grabbed me and started dancing around on the platform, hollering, it works. It works. It really works. She said, preacher, thank God it works. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, when we prayed, and I was saved, and we started praying for my husband. He's here this morning. And he was here last Sunday night and made a profession of faith. He's back this morning. And she said, in one week, we've been married for years. She said, but in one week, Jesus has already made a difference at our <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to tell you, Christ is the hope of the hopeless. Would you come? Go wait on you just a minute. There's one thing you need to do. You need to get used to the altars. You need to get used to moving to them. You need to constantly know where the prayer altars are and use them. That God might bless you. Holy Spirit, have your way. Lock the doors. Chain us to the pews. Bind our hearts in this place 
and work on us according to your will. Lord, bless you and thank you for what you're going to do and have done and will do and are doing. Lord, 